Well, hello and welcome to episode 162 of The Cool Room. I'm your host, David Griffiths, looking forward to the third of our three sessions that we recorded out of the Williamstown Beer and Cider Festival. Uh, as we've said numerous times now in the previous podcasts, we had a really great time out there. Huge thanks to Shane and the team, and we really encourage you to get along uh, next year when the festival rolls around. Uh, take some mates, lots of accessible fun beers, and all sorts of little Easter eggy treats from our favourite breweries as well. Uh, really good time, really good vibe, uh, just laid back and relaxed. Uh, exactly what we wanted on one of the first warm days of the year here in Melbourne, Australia. Um, we've got some other great events coming up soon, uh, so check out our online store. We have both Moffat Beach and Ocean Reach coming up in the next week or so online. Uh, packs available for home delivery so that you can enjoy those sessions online with us with the right beers in front of you. And I reckon this is probably the last podcast that's going to go out before Christmas in 2022. So that seems like a really good opportunity to say thank you for all of your support over the last year and to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we hope that you have lots of great beers in your stockings and that you're looking forward to an even better 2023. So many great things going on both in the flesh and online. Uh, we also have another In The Flesh event coming up out at Hawkers on Thursday the 29th. Tickets are available on the Hawkers website. Uh, should be really good fun and pretty amazing to get Amazon on at this time of the year. Um, get along to that, get along to our live online events and enjoy please the third edition from Williamstown Beer Festival. Today we're going to be chatting with some old friends. We've got Blackman's on, we've got Bonehead on, and there's a little bonus from Bonehead. Sobramesa is going to join us, or Sobramesa, or perhaps I'm getting it wrong every time I say it. There's only one way to find out, and that's to listen to the episode and hear from the experts how I should be pronouncing uh, the name of that fine brewery who makes some enormously fun beers if you're not familiar with them. Go and find a spot and check them out. Okie dokie, let's head over to Williamstown where there's a bit of background noise because it's a live podcast recording, uh, so we acknowledge that fact. Hopefully you can listen in and enjoy and uh, make the most of a really fun podcast. Okie dokie everyone, we're back here in the cool room. It's episode 179, maybe 180 by now. The numbers have been going up as I've figured out how much editing this will need to take. Uh, we've had some new friends, we're back with old mates. Uh, it's our last official interview tonight and we're joined by Luke from Blackman's. Welcome back to the podcast, brother. Hey Dave, it's good to see you again. We, we, we've, we have caught up a couple of times over the past couple of years, but... Generally over Zoom. That's exactly right. It's a, it's wonderful to actually be back in the flesh. Cheers, Cheers to that. Cheers. I'll probably edit that little pause down for a bit. That's but fine. Um, we've got your festival beer in our hands at the moment. Tell us all about the lemon sorbet sour, uh, which I've got to say, my lovely wife is enjoying with some delicious lemon sorbet in it. Very good. Well, I mean, this is a beer that we have done before. Normally... We, we do like to launch new beers at those type of events, but we had such great success with this at Geelong Beer Festival in, I think it was 2021, or I actually can't remember now. My uh, ability to remember dates is <laughs> frazzled. That's because of COVID and because of nothing else. Yeah, but we, we kind of serve this beer with um, 
with a little bit of lemon sorbet and a, a wedge of lemon and bring a little bit of theatre to the table and bring someone like kind of a slightly soured beer with a bit of sweetness and a good story. So it's, it's been it's, good. It's a bit it, of fun. It's exactly right. It's what beer festivals are all about, is a little bit of fun and yeah. a little bit of excitement. Um, and this delivers. We, we love a gimmick and we mean that in a really good way. Yeah, it's, it's, no, well... I guess it's a gimmick, but also it's a kind of bit of a unique beer experience. Absolutely right. Now, you guys have been on the show a few times now, but for people who are tuning in for the first time ever, our good Hungarian listener, who I've referenced, I think, 563 times so far today, <laughs> explain to him where we find Blackmans. We've been talking a lot of Melbourne suburban breweries. You're not a Melbourne suburban brewery. No, we're not. We're not. So our sort of um, spiritual home is, is Torquay. It's the gateway to the surf coast. Um, in Victoria, which is kind of well-known sort of locally and globally. And, um, you know, we're very proud to kind of hail from those regions, but we really kind of want Blackman's beer to be what people talk about when they talk about Blackman's. And it's great if they can enjoy beer when they're down at one of the most beautiful parts of Victoria, but really it's all about beer today, Dave. It's, look, it's a gorgeous part of the world, but don't, don't sell yourself short. Tell us where the venues are so that people who want to go and find them... So uh, we, we were, our initial kind of um, vision was, you know, a small little brew pub in, um, in Torquay and we thought we'll just make a couple of kegs and we'll sell them over the bar and we'll just sort of see what happens. And How many years ago were we talking when that was just a little dream? So that was a 2014 sort of idea and then, and then I came on as... Um, in 2016 when we got our first canning line and from there it's been a pretty kind of meteoric rise to beers in the hands of many Victorians and quite a few people across the, across the whole country. So so where do we find the brew pubs if we are the, so, the, pub, yeah, the venues? So you can find us in Torquay at our original kind of spiritual home just across from the back of the Torquay um, Caravan Park. Park and that's we still brew there so that's our original brew house and brew pub and we still brew there but then a pretty mean bakery over the road as well no, very good pies good salad rolls too yep. absolutely right yeah genuine 2009 pricing as well <laughs> at, the, at the bakery but um now we sort of we opened our second sort of production brewery slash brew pub in uh grovedale in geelong in april uh last year so that's sort of a, it's enabled us to sort of put more beer out to the people, which is great, but it's also all of a sudden we're a Geelong brewery with a good Geelong story to tell too. We'll get on to a bit more of that sort of Geelong story as we go along, but that's we were lucky enough to go down there in the first couple of weeks of that venue being open. It's pretty spectacular, and it's got a ping-pong table. That's what I love about it. Well, I mean, the beauty... Does it still have the ping-pong table? It, 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 it does, and yeah, I mean, excellent. our venue manager likes bums on seats, so we have to fight for the ping-pong table at times. But, I mean, what, what we were trying to do there, off the back of sort of a big brewery that we all know and love called Little Creatures, they really brought sort of this um, craft beer to Geelong and, and they, they invited people in to come and see it. But what we've done with sort of Blackman's in Grovedale is we've actually done it on the scale where people can understand it. So you can, you can come in and see what we do on a smaller scale here in Geelong, the Grovedale, and um, actually get an understanding of the beer that we make and the people we employ, all that we're doing. I mean, brew pubs have become the, you know, pubs these days. A lot of pubs are pokey dens, and you know, it's to, your facility like it's it's a proper production brewery, isn't it? Like it is, it's a big scale. It is, but it's also got sort of a bar in there that in, we're inviting everyone in Geelong or anyone that's passing through to come in 
and sit down and get a little bit of a taste of this independent beer movement that's happening. But now we've we've, we've sort of got beers for everyone. So, it, well, that's that's exactly where I was going because your range of beers goes from like a core range of really approachable beers, but you've also got some pretty weird and fun things at the other end as well for the craft beer connoisseurs who want to have different flavours they've not experienced before. We do, and we run a ridiculously stupid amount of core <laughs> beers. So we're running nine core beers, and then we've got Is a it... side, I've got a Barrel Farm side brand, and then. I think next year we've planned our beers for next year. We've got another 30 new beers planned, so um, there's lots going on. I mean, that's an amazing... So talk us through a bit of what's in the core range, and I do want to come back to talk about the lemon sorbet sour a bit more in a moment, but core range beers. So I suppose, look, we've, we've established our sort of reputation off the back of um, hoppy beers, like most of our sort of gold medal winning beers and the beers that got us the big award we won in 2019 and sort of generally kind of register on the on the uh, scale every year are hoppy beers. But then what we've seen over the past few years is that there's more and more people who are sort of interested in independent beer and, you know, a, a local brewery. So now our, our biggest selling beer is still Mervyn Pale Ale, which is a good 4.6% sort of American Pale Ale that's... Like, I'm going to put it out there. I think it's one of the hoppiest sort of mainstream Pale Ales available. I think you're probably right. And it's a cracking beer. But, I mean, the latest thing that we're doing, we've, we've just released a lager. And, I mean, we've, we've talked about Lager Collective we, in the we, past. We, absolutely. And we've joked for years at Blackman's that um, every year is the year of the lager. But here we are in 2022, and there's a lot of craft lagers out there. And we're finding that sort of craft has found its way into the fridges of the everyday beer drinker off the back of COVID. And it's fantastic. So tell, tell us about the lager. What's what's you know what style have you gone with? And... So so we had a lager that won a bunch of medals and used a bunch of fantastic imported malt and was a delicious lager. But we just found that some of the kind of cornerstones of that lager story were lost in price point and lost in the story in the Australian market. So what we've done with Pivot City is we've tried. Well, you, to... You've transitioned nicely here. I like where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So Pivot City lagers kind of was about creating a lager and a, a, like a, a beer that sort of allows everyone in the Geelong region to come in and be a part of what we're doing because we're not just about, like, we've always proved how much we love good beer, but really at the core of beer is kind of good conversations, it's friendships, it's all these things that most of us, or I dare say all of us that work in beer, are, are kind of drawn to it because of the fact that it is, like, beer is really the core of society, you know. That's, we've, we've been struggling all day to figure out what T-shirt we're going to have. That's the T-shirt. There brother. you go, there you go. You can, you can pay me just a, just a small percentage. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine I'll earn about 15 bucks off this. Uh, it's a, <laughs> so far, I haven't got round to actually making any of the T-shirts I've spoken about in the previous 180 episodes. Well, but don't worry, I've got, if I do... I've got some good connections in the rag trade, Dave, if, if uh, you want to go down that road. Yeah. But so, beer is the core. I, I completely agree. And it's about community and it's about sharing it that, the good experiences with people. It is. And our Pivot City, I mean, that beer is really about telling the story that, like, such a massive percentage of Australian barley gets malted on the foreshore in Geelong. We've got three malting plants on the foreshore in Geelong, a Barrett Burston one and two Malt Europe ones. And they're exporting some of the best malt in the world straight out of Geelong. And it's a story that doesn't get told. 
and, and like Pivot City was really about telling a genuine story about Geelong beer, but not just that. It's also about Australian produce. It's a, telling a story that we can all have a little bit of ownership of. It, it, it's almost like it's almost like a furfy story without the bullshit. <laughs> and tell us about you know that's got a round of applause from our audience. We love the fact we've had a live audience here today, uh, and particularly our most loyal listeners out of our seventy-two. It's fantastic they've been here. Um, Tell us about how that's been received in Geelong. Like, are there people who haven't previously come into the brewery who are now coming and enjoying the beers? And I guess that was the goal with Pivot City. It was really about kind of saying, hey, because, I mean, we've always been about, we love good beer, but it's really like the best beers are the ones shared with good company. And it kind of, it seemed like craft beer had sort of been pigeonholed into this area where it's hoppy beers or it's sour beers or it's fancy beers. And then particularly during COVID, we saw this whole wave of people that wanted to be involved in local and independent and all these great great stories. Excuse my French. That's how you... That, that you, we, you won't be the worst today on that yeah, front. Don't worry about that. That. We, t- that we tell, but then also giving a beer that's welcoming to everyone. And that that's really what Pivot City is about. It's, it's kind of, you know, we, we love beer. And, I mean, anyone that watches Blackman's sort of socials, I mean... We're really just a bunch of dickheads that love good beer. And, and, and if you see what we do, I mean, it, it kind of comes through. But we did find that there was a gap in the market. There was people's brothers and there was people's fathers and there was tradies and there was just people that were kind of like, I like what you're saying, but I don't want any flowers in my beer. Yep. So Pivot City was about telling a story. And as I said, it's a genuine Geelong story. I mean, Geelong's been called Pivot City since the 1860s once they pivoted the railway line from Melbourne through to Ballarat and the Western Districts. And like it's, it's a great story to tell, and I love telling this story in Geelong because a lot of Geelong people know it, but a lot don't. I and mean, Geelong's grown massively, hasn't it? Like, it's a much it bigger city than it used to be. Well, it has. It's, I mean, some would suggest it's the biggest Melbourne suburb. I believe it's the, uh, it's the fastest-growing city in yeah. Australia. It's overtaken the Gold Coast. That's right. And, I mean, not many people know that the Geelong Cats were called the Pivotonians before they were the Cats. I did not know that. No. I mean, I've got no greater love for them than I had before, yeah. but it's... A... And not many people know that we've sort of got the Geelong sort of Pivot City Innovation Centre, or we had Pivot Ice, or we've got Pivot City Basketball. Really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to give the people of Geelong a beer that they can stand next to and be proud of and kind of say, hey, we actually did this, we had a part of it. And at the end of the day... It's just a beer that tastes like beer, so... And you were, you were saying before, you know, great to be welcoming new people down at the brewery, new beer drinkers. Bit of that feeling at the festival today as well, I think it's fair to say. Oh, look, and I mean, we've, we've sort of... We've seen that at the other festivals we've been lucky enough to pop, at, pop up at over the past year or so. Obviously, the whole, you know, climate's changed and it's not what it once was. And what we've seen off the back of that is less representation from sort of national breweries that might be based in another state. And we've seen those breweries replaced at these Victorian festivals with local breweries, more often than not new breweries, that are actually bringing something new to the table. And I mean, what, like now, what we're seeing, like if you want to bring new beer to the table now, then you kind of need to create something for your local space. And like what you're creating needs to be relevant to your local people. And I think that's fantastic. And I mean, that's where beer came from. 
and I kind of think that's where beer's going. Uh, it's a great answer. Tell me, have you had the chance to wander around the festival today and experience any of the other beers? And apart from the beautiful Blackman's beers, was there a standout beer from you from someone else? Or have you been hard, work, hard at work? You know, Salty didn't look like he was too happy when you were going off just to come and sit down and do a podcast. No, a well, I, uh, yes. No, and it remains to be seen how salty Salty will be about that. <laughs> I think he thought he'd lined himself up for the sitting down and talking. Well, you know, I mean, he's probably happier that I'm the head mouthpiece. I mean, it means you can't, means you can't say anything wrong. This is very true. What, was there another bit? Have you had a chance to taste any of Look, the others? Look, I, I, no, I have skipped around and tasted a few, and I will, I'll give a little bit of a heads-up to the Black Arts um, Flanders Red, because that's a very hard beer to make well. And there's a few Australian breweries that have stood up and said, hey, you know, we're, we're playing in this space, but generally they need a couple more years up their sleeve. And I did, I did find Black Arts Flanders to be definitely yep. stands well amongst this crowd. You, you won't get an argument out of us there. Josh is one of our favourite blokes yeah. and he's one of our favourite brewers. So, mm. um, you're well familiar with the regular cool room podcast question, which is strangest thing you've seen in a cool room. We're moving things, changing things up a bit today. What's the strangest thing you've seen at a festival? A beer festival, maybe a music festival, if there's nothing that springs to mind. What goes on out the back of the sheds, out the back of the uh, mobile cool room that you've seen at beer festivals? Oh, look, I think most of us are just... You know, we just rush it on here, and we like most of most of us breweries, and particularly sort of Blackburns is a great example. I mean, you can look at what we're doing now, and it looks like with this big operation, we've got more moves than the baggy abbeys. <laughs> but the but the fact oh, is, oh, that's made my day. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact is, it's six or seven people that love what we do, and we work really hard to do it, and we we try and sort of bring something to the table that a is better than the sum of its parts, but also bring something to the industry. And look, yes, we do do trend, trendy kind of hype beers from time to time, but I mean, we, we really try and sort of row our own boat and make sure that we're, we're doing what you would come to expect from Blackman's, and the more you get to know us, I guess, the more you'd expect some of the random stuff we do. Yeah, you do trendy beers, they're always worth trying. You also do, I think, the best smoke water that comes out of Victoria, if not Australia. Uh, well, you know, you'll never get an argument out of me. You know, yeah, come, no. come autumn, Very good. it feels autumny to me. Crack out the Mervyn, am I right in Yes, Mervyn. Yeah, fantastic beer, an absolute favourite of mine. And look, Mervyn, is, it's, it is actually one of the most awarded sort of pale ales in our part of the state. I haven't done the numbers sort of Victoria-wide or nationwide. And then you touch on Arthur. I mean, Arthur's won more golds than most of our beers, and every year it just wins. And then if you're a liker of dark beers, Arthur throws a little bit of a curveball in there with a bit of smoke. But... Uh, if you're drinking that space, you probably should go get yourself one. <laughs> that sounds like a great point to wrap up the podcast on. Uh, Luke, as ever, it's wonderful to have you on the show. And um, everyone should get down to Torquay, get down to Geelong. What are the social media handles that people should follow to learn so more about look, Blackman's? It's Blackman's Brewery. I imagine we're on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're TikToking just yet. But if you type in Blackman's Brewery, um, you'll see where we're at. And by all means, if you're in Torquay or Geelong or Ocean Grove, come down. Like a big goal of ours is to welcome people into the beer world that we inhabit. And now I think, particularly on the back of Pivot City, we've got a beer for everyone. And really, kind of, we're throwing open the doors and say, come into Blackman's, 
and be a part of this whole beer thing that's been happening for years. But it's more important than ever now because independent beer means local jobs, it means local produce. It's really important. And I know that so many things have been bought and sold and it's easy for a lot of us to kind of go, oh, but I put my faith in this and then it got bought and sold. And I get that. And I mean, we're not hanging our hat on independence, but it is important. And for those of you that are on the fence, every beer that you buy from an independent brewery makes all the difference. So thank you for the support and keep it up. I love it, mate. That's a great place to finish on. Thank you for being our final guest at the Williamstown Ah. Beer and Cider Festival. Thanks, Dave. It's good to see you again, mate. Well, hello there, everyone. I know we said that the last interview that we did was going to be our last of the day, but it's fair to say that Bonehead are very, very persuasive people. Anthony has been out with his persuader, and he's a, he's a Liverpool fan, and so sooner or later, and not only a Liverpool fan, a North Melbourne footy club fan, he gets his way. And for months, in fact, years, let's be honest, we've been talking about having Casey on to talk about his little side hustle, uh, we've referenced it a few times, and it's now grown to being more than just a side hustle. There's some enormously exciting news to talk about. But, Anthony, I'm more or less going to hand this over to you. Uh, introduce Casey for our listeners, and well, let's go from there. Well, thank you, David, for putting me on the spot like this. <laughs> I did tell you about four hours ago that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I know, but I've heard about 400 beers since then, <laughs> so thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so, Casey is our head brewer at Bonehead. And he also is uh, one of two owners of Sobra Mesa with his lovely partner, Hannah. And uh, they do... Oh, what, what would, how would you call it, Casey? Wild ferment, mixed yeah, ferment? Yeah, Saison, a lot of farmhouse ales, a lot of barrel fermentation. Yeah. And some really amazing ones as well. So, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get on to that story. Yeah. But So when, when Casey isn't working for us four days a week, he's working the other eight and a half days a week for Sobra Mesa. <laughs> Does it feel a bit like that, Casey? Does it feel like you're, it does. you're working eight and a half days a yeah, week? Yeah, it's a grind, but it's worth it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, and um, again, for our Hungarian listeners, who I've referenced many times tonight, tell us where we find Bonehead, tell us where we find Sobramisa, and give a little bit of the origin story. We know the Bonehead story, you guys have been on so many times. Too many but, times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell us the Sobramisa story, tell us about the inspiration and where you've come from. Yeah, so I guess for for Sobota Mesa, the beers the beers we make now are the beers I've always wanted to make uh, throughout my brewing journey. Um, used to commercially make wine prior to moving over to the brewing industry, so I guess it's a bit of a mould between both both those aspects. Um, and the beers we make aren't necessarily commercially viable, they're a little bit risky in terms of the yeast we use and the bacteria. And Bonehead's not into risk, are they? They're not into... No, they're not. I'm, yeah. I'm very careful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm very careful, but in terms of the microbial activity, it's, a, it's definitely a risk, you know. If some, of the, some of the stuff we use got into a draft or a lager, it would be game over for that batch and some of the equipment... It might improve some of that. (laughs) Would be compromised. So I guess, yeah, Hannah and I started this about two and a half years ago to, yeah, make beers we like to drink um, and beers that we always kind of wanted to make but were never really able to throughout my commercial brewing journey. Um, Tell us a a bit about that story of making wine first. What made you first switch from wine to beer before we even get to Sobra 
I keep on saying Sobra Mesa. Sobra Mesa. Yeah, Sobra Mesa, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a normally tongue, I mispronounce German. <laughs> normally I mispronounce German breweries. It's great to be able to mispronounce the name of a brewery. It's 100 metres down the road. And Norwegian breweries for our one Norwegian. Uh, absolutely person. right. You, you yes. know him well. Hello, yeah. Heinrich. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of grew up around grew up around wine through through both my parents. My father's a viticulturalist, and my mum was in the wine industry as well through the cellar door. Uh, when I moved to Melbourne, we, we kind of I kind of made the change. I was looking for a bit more experimentation. Um, being able to create something in three or four weeks as opposed to having to wait every year to harvest the grapes. But it's, it's funny when I, when I tell this story because now we've, we've gone back full circle and we're making beers yeah. that take 12, 18 months to make. <laughs> That's what I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. And similar techniques and yeah, yeah. things. But so we, kind of, we kind of, this is a bit of a... Uh, an amalgamation of my experience through the beverage industry. So we use a lot of wine barrels and we do a lot of blending that is more akin to uh, wine. Are there particular things from wine land that, you know, techniques you hadn't used for a while that just came rushing back when you started to brew your way rather than well, the way that the corporates, you know, the big, the big wigs at Bonehead make you brew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing what I can get away with in this yeah, before yeah. he leaps over the table and whacks me. Well, I guess, I guess the, yeah, the, the interesting thing about what we're doing as opposed to what we were able to do during when I was winemaking was <clears throat> Britannomyces is like a taboo subject in the wine industry and, you know, it's there in natural wine and it's even there in some French wine, but it's it's not spoken about a lot. Um, so to then start introducing Brett into almost all of our beers <laughs> yep. is, a, is a bit different to what we were doing, what I was doing when I was commercially making Sauvignon Blanc. What, when you go home for Christmas lunch, you know, a, are you allowed inside the house without having a shower, or is it like <laughs> sort of you know one of those you know hazmat yeah, type yeah. things out the front? It's, the, it's different. <laughs> and uh, and do you mention the B word or you know what's? I the... do, I do. Yeah, my dad's very much clean, very much a clean, stainless Chablis Chardonnay kind of man. So some of some of my beers, um, he's enjoyed them, but it's definitely been. A little different to what he's used to. But I'm guess, a Chablis man. Might be the T-shirt yeah, that we yeah. make out today. I think. Just I don't think I'm going to sell any. But and I guess that's the beauty of the beauty of it. You know, the kind of making beers without any limitations. Absolutely. So tell us about the beer that we've got in the glass in front of us this afternoon. So this is yeah, this is Soulflower. So it's our, our first core range beer, which is exciting. We kind of hadn't really made the same beer twice until until making this beer. So it's kind of a recipe we've been honing for a while. Yeah, so straight up and down, stainless saison, and then um, yeah, can and keg condition. Four weeks in stainless, and then can and keg condition for six weeks. But yeah, we love it. It's like the kind of beer that I mean, we're mad about saison, but it's the kind of beer that we could drink every day without a question. Bit Absolutely, of a, bit of a desert island. <laughs> and that was, I mean, so many people who listen to the podcast are obviously craft beer aficionados. They'll know about saison, but. Saison's supposed to be a very drinkable everyday beer, isn't it? That's it is. the origin of the style. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And especially the Australian weather, I think more people just need to open up to it, you know. It's, 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 give, it's, us, it's give us your version of the Saison history story. So, historically, it translates to season in Wallonia, which is the border town of France and Belgium. Um, but it's, yeah, season, so it's what they... 
they used to use the ingredients on the farm. That's kind of where the origin of farmhouse ale comes from. So they used to they used to make beer with the ingredients they were harvesting on the farm, and they used to drink it while they were working when tap water was contaminated. So it used to be lower in ABV. In fact, in fact I've taken a drinking saison on the off chance that <laughs> tap water might be contaminated. Yeah. Melbourne, I don't think, has it. You can't be too careful. No, you absolutely can't. I mean, Melbourne hasn't had contaminated water yeah, in, you know, a no. hundred odd years. But just, you know, just I, take I, it. I don't like taking chances. <laughs> so it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be dry. Obviously, back in the day, it was about two, two and a half percent. This one that we have at the moment is five and a half. But it's supposed to be dry, it's supposed to be thirst quenching, um, yeah, it's supposed to be refreshing. So we try and make this version similar to what I guess they used to drink back in the day, but with a bit of a higher It's a very drinkable, I've got to say, as a beer to finish the festival on. We've had all sorts of weird and wonderful beers. This is a ripper because it genuinely cleanses the palate while it's an enjoyable beer to actually drink in its own right. That's yeah. good. Thank you. Um, tell us a little bit about the other beers that you, you make down there because, you know, as you say, this is your first foray into core range. Give us a bit of an idea about some of the other things you've been experimenting with and a little sneak preview perhaps about what's sitting in a barrel in Kensington that we can be looking forward to. Yeah, so I guess we a lot of our, a lot of our base recipes are, are based around Saison or Saison derivatives, but, yeah, we do a lot of barrel fermentation. We have... In the in the brewery, well, in the warehouse next door to Bonehead, which um, yeah, by the way, we're very very thankful to have the opportunity to use the brew house at Bonehead. Um, it's a, and you can you can you can let go of him now. He said what he what you wanted him to say. You don't have to and, keep him in that headlock. No, no, absolutely not. And <laughs> and lease a small space at the back of the existing kind of packaging raw materials warehouse. So. We're fortunate that we've got a very good relationship between both Anthony, Travis, and I. Um, but we've got about 25 barrels there in various in various range, 500 litre barrels, all ex wine barrels. So we kind of we I guess it's the beauty of it. We're not looking for oak in our in our beers. We're looking for fermentation vessels. And so when wineries retire these barrels because they no longer contribute oak to their wine, it's where we pick them up for a fraction of the price. So got a, got a couple of Wineries on speed dial that <laughs> when they're ready to let go, it's like okay. And is, well, that a, is that a hint of Chablis that I'm yeah, tasting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we use all neutral wine barrels. We've got a we've got a whole bunch of range of yeah different beers in barrel at the moment. We've got a lot of saisons that are barrel fermented, and we've got some some long term products. I guess the the barrel that we use a lot was a was a project that we started um, when we first brewed. So we've got. Two punchins, which are 500 litre barrels, in there from May 2020, that we've created like a Solera project. So, explain we, what that means to the so, new to the new friends of craft beer. So we take we take out 15, 20 percent of the barrel, and then we top it up with aged product, uh, all finished fermenting product. So it's like a, they call it perpetual blending, where it's a constant evolution, where the barrel's never completely emptied. So it's about two and a half years old now. The barrel's never completely emptied, but it goes through another fermentation when we take out 15%, and we kind of use those two barrels as, like, we, we call it the complexity of some of our barrel-aged products is that 10% that we always take from. Yeah. And are there particular things that are sitting in uh, barrels generally that we should be looking forward to tasting well, over the next year or two? We've got a collab with Bonehead so, coming, so, coming, sorry, coming out with Bonehead. <laughs> oh, never heard of them. 
Yeah, is, yeah. is that like you literally go there? Jeez, I can't be bothered walking down the road today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, you know. No, we we kind of came together on on a beer, and it made it make sense. You know, like I said, we've got a good relationship, so it makes sense to kind of make a beer that absolutely that we both enjoyed, and we were we were very partial to Flanders Red, so we've got all a, right. We've got two two French brigs, uh, so about five hundred liters of Flanders Red that's been aging since mid last year. So we're, we're hoping around April. Yeah, l- yeah, late April. For my birthday and or WrestleMania, depending on yeah, your... Well, for, for the birth of your first child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've kept that one under wraps, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, around, around April, May, we're hoping to release the, the Flanders Red Collab. Um, and then, I guess, in, in bottle, we've got a few, we've got a few new releases coming up that we're excited about. We always really like using local fruit. So we've aged some of our barrel-aged saison on local apricots that will be coming out in December. Um... We have a blend of barrel fermented saison and one other. But <laughs> I've also had a couple of beers. <laughs> That's a, there's some there's some really exciting fun things there. And um, Anthony, tell me why you were excited for me to talk to Casey today. I mean, genuinely, you've been pushing well. This for I, mean, a while. I think I think Casey's being very modest. Uh, they did uh, recently pick up an award this week that we're all. As the bonus family, we're very, very proud of uh, Casey and what he's done with Sobra Mesa. Uh, Casey, you want to tell us a bit, bit about what you picked up on Thursday night? Yeah, yeah, we were pretty, yeah, pretty blown away. We went into the Drink Easy Award, which I think, I think the awards um, kind of need a bit of a bit of hype as well because it's a bit different to the Indies or the AIBAs where. And for our beers, they're a bit left of centre. They don't really fit into specific categories. So for us entering the Indies or the ARBAs, um, to get judged against a certain style doesn't really work for us. Uh, so the Drink Easy is literally they assess exactly what's in the glass, and that's it. You know, they don't they don't compare a saison to what a saison should be or a pale ale to what a pale ale should be. It's just yeah, we've spoken to a few brewers yeah, today yeah. about the difficulty of, you know, making yeah. a beer that you love. But that doesn't fit the style that you were going to have on yep. the can, and so exactly, exactly. So yeah, we were blown away. We went down on Thursday to Adelaide. We made the finals for uh, the beer and the beer and cider category, and we ended up winning, <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah, super humbling and really nice to get that kind of recognition. That was for Vibes uh, on Toast, which is a beer guard. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a pretty pretty good couple of days. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, it's it's great to hear more stories about Kensington kicking goals. Uh, it's part of the world that we live in and love. Um, give us your socials. Let's have the Bonehead socials as well. And then I've got one final question to ask you. It's the trickiest question of the day. Yeah, so our socials are Instagram is at Sovereign Mr. Beer. And then the Facebook is the same. Uh, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> Our socials are at Bonehead Brewing AU for Instagram, and uh, I think it's Facebook at Bonehead Brewing. So I'm worried that you had to look that up. I that's hope. all. <laughs> now we always ask our cool room question, which is you know, the weirdest thing you've seen in a cool room at a brewery or a pub you've worked at. We've we've gone festival mode uh, today. We want to know the weirdest thing you've seen at a festival, or the you know the happiest thing, the best experience you've had at a festival. Could be a beer festival, could be a music festival, could be a 
Oh, I don't know, a piano accordion festival, a trombone festival. We've had far more trombone talk today than I anticipated. Oktoberfest. Where, wherever you might be, a festival experience you've had where something's gone on behind the mobile corn. Yeah, no, yeah, I can see this. I'm going <laughs> to pass on this because I'm, I'm from a much older generation, you see. I've seen some horrible things at festivals over the years. So things that probably aren't fit for podcast world. We've done a lot of editing, and we've had Ryan from Wayward on, so, but right. all good. <laughs> so I'm going to take a pass on that one. But, uh, Casey, any particular sort of festival experiences? Good yeah, ones, well, happy I guess, times. I guess, well, no, I guess the kind of strange beer festival experience, I guess, was yeah, back about five years ago, working for Bad Shepherd, we, we did Gab, and we ended up selling the drip bucket to a punter for 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's marvellous! Talk, talk about the right yeah, note to yeah, end yeah. on. We love bad shit, but just, this is not just when we're not... about to empty our bar for this podcast. <laughs> there's some money to make. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So we, we closed that last drink, and someone was very adamant. So I was like, "Yeah, you can have it." <laughs> no discredit to bad shit. I'm, sh- I'm love, yeah. love Derek. G'day, the Derek. Hey, guys. Yeah, no, that's Derek. right. So genuinely, we love, love bad shit. We're the crew there, but anyway, that's that would be something strange. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right. Well, I love the tap system from Bonehead. I'm very familiar with that. I'm very hopeful that you're not going to be doing that tonight. Yeah, we, 20, we like... $21. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to recycle, but not that much. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Uh, it's excellent to have you on. Excellent to celebrate an important win. And um, one of these days, we'll get you on properly and we'll uh, be selling your delicious beers in the Cool Room Shopify store. Thanks for having us. Thank you once again.